Welcome to Full Potential, Thriving with Autism. I'm your host, Sarah Antonato. This podcast teaches parents of children with autism to support their kids in reaching their full potential so that they can thrive and not let stereotypes define them. By looking at a variety of topics, such as health, advocacy, and spirituality, my mission is to end suffering amongst these parents by giving them the tools to heal themselves, which in turn empowers them to be bold advocates for their children. By gaining the confidence needed to do so, these parents stop being the victims of a broken system and instead succeed in providing their unique children with exactly what they need to thrive and share their own gifts with the world. One by one, these families now change the world through autism instead of being victimized by it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome. On today's podcast episode, we are getting real about the real cost of autism and neurodiversities and how the costs associated with having a child who's different have a very real effect on families. Unfortunately, the time and energy that goes into caring for a unique child is just the beginning. Addressing the physical and emotional needs of your child is just the beginning. Often, financial challenge follows quickly as the average costs of autism for the average family that lives in the United States are an estimated $60,000 per year. This was in 2019. And that number has tripled since 2006. This is a statistic from Autism Speaks. The bulk of costs associated with this are special services, increased demands on one or both parents, and lost wages related to that. And on average, parents, especially mothers of children with autism, work fewer hours per week in order to be with their child and earn 56% less than mothers of children with no health limitations and 35% less than mothers of children with other disabilities or disorders. Take a deep breath and process that for a minute. Now, remind yourself that one in 54 children is diagnosed with autism in our current world, in the United States at least. And in many other countries, it's not far behind. In some countries, it's more prevalent than that. Needless to say, I have seen in my work as a consultant for neurodiverse families, the burden and financial stress that families either have or anticipate having is very, very real. Also, keep in mind, these statistics that I just gave you were taken pre-pandemic. During the pandemic, record numbers of people left the workforce, many of them women, the majority of them women. And especially at the start of the pandemic, when the whole world went virtual in March of 2020, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I did not work for myself at that time, I would have been fired from whatever position I held from, for someone else because I had a child who was willing and able to attend virtual sessions. Thank goodness for school, but he wasn't able to sit there and stare at a computer by himself 
for hours a day. He needed guidance. He needed support. He needed someone to make sure his sensory needs were engaged. That does not happen through a screen. So I immediately changed around my whole schedule to accommodate his so that we could try to do both work and go to school. So again, all those statistics are pre-pandemic and all those statistics are also for the average family. I personally have some questions around what the average family in the United States does. Are they getting McDonald's three times a week? My family doesn't do that. So the average family has associated costs of $60,000. Is the average family buying their child gluten-free, dairy-free, organic food every day? I don't know. Ask yourself this question. Is the average child being taken to brilliant functional medicine doctors who no longer take health insurance because they're not being compensated fairly and now parents are paying for that out of pocket? I don't know. I'm guessing that you're not an average family. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. This podcast is for families who want to thrive, who are committed to stepping out of a system that's broken so that they can do so. So I already know you're not average. And when we think about the average family in America, we think of families who are not prioritizing health, who may not have the means for extra therapies for their children, especially since many of those are paid for out of pocket. Some are reimbursed by health insurance, some are not. And I know my husband and I have prioritized our son's needs very, very much, including adapting our house, putting some therapy equipment into the gym area for him, making sure we have all of the learning tools that he needs. This is an investment. And not every family wants to or is able to invest in their child like that. So while the average family has an associated cost of $60,000 per year in their child. I'm going to argue that the average family who listens to this podcast has associated costs that are much higher because they're constantly going the extra mile to help their child thrive because they're committed to stepping out of a system that is fraught with stereotypes. I have had many brilliant moms and dads who've wanted to work with me one-on-one say, Sarah, I would love to do this work with you. It's so important. But for now, I just have to book in for one single session at a time because I can't predict the ongoing costs that are happening for my child. I have to pay for the neuropsych eval out of pocket. I have to pay for this specific type of speech therapy out of pocket because our district doesn't have a practitioner and they won't cover it, etc. So there are a few things here that I want to address to help you offset some of the financial hardship that, let's just say it neurotypical families don't face and neurodiverse families do. But first, I want you to remember that this podcast is not a place to get into your victim mentality. So imagine that I'm playing that song, We're Not Gonna Take It, and Dee Snyder singing in the background because it's time for parents just like you who are listening right now to rise up and say, no, I don't care what obstacles you throw at me. We're going to thrive anyway. And I am waving the flag, championing this cause right with you. So let's look at some things you can do 
to help your family thrive and offset some of the costs. One, talk to your accountant about deductions that might be associated with your child's diagnosis. This is a time when having a diagnosis can be quite helpful because if a doctor is prescribing a certain type of diet for your child, this might be worth conversing with your accountant to see if there are any deductions that can be taken from the types of groceries that you buy or the restaurants that you have to go to to accommodate your child. There might be other deductions for medical treatments that you're doing or therapies that you're paying for out of pocket. If they're not being covered by insurance, talk to your accountant and see if they can pop up on your taxes anywhere else to give you a break. I can't give advice about what and who and how. I'm not an accountant. But if you have a good accountant, they should be able to help you with this. And if they can't, find a better accountant. That's all I'll say. Another thing you can do to help yourself now is ask the people you want and need to work with if they offer payment plans, if that would help you. I took on a big legal expense for my child. My husband and I did it together. We thankfully had wonderful family members, like grandparents, say, oh, I think it's amazing that you're advocating for your child in this way. We want to help. How generous, how amazing. We received the help, gratefully. But don't be afraid if you don't have the help in your community directly to ask for a payment plan. We asked the lawyer we knew we wanted to work with, she was the best of the best, we won our case, if she could offer us a payment plan to make things a bit easier. Especially because sometimes when you jump into a new service with a therapist or with a lawyer or someone that has associated costs with them, you don't plan on it. It might be something that suddenly comes up that you need to address or a practitioner you just happen to find they have one opening and you have to take it while it's hot and you weren't planning for it in your finances. Ask for a payment plan. See if they can accommodate you that way. I give payment plans often because I'm committed to helping families and I know what the costs are like when you have a child who's different, who needs vitamins, organic food, therapy swings in the garage, orthotics, you name it, all the things. I've done it all. I still do it all. And I'm happy to do it because it helps my child. So if I'm able to extend a payment plan to a family that gives them some space, I always do it. Another thing you can do to take the pressure off of yourself is manage your child's care team better. Whether you want to believe it or not, many moms are like the CEO of their family. They're managing the nutritionist, the therapist, the teachers at school, the attorney, the advocate, the doctors, and so on and so on. And if this group were being managed in a cohesive way, Often, the associated costs would be much, much less. This is the work that I do with my clients one-on-one and in our small case study program that's happening now. If you would like to do this work, you can reach out to me, sarah at sarahintonato.com, and I can let you know when the next group program is happening. One-on-one work is ongoing, and if that's something that tickles 
your curiosity. Let's get on a call together to see if I'm the right person to help you. But the last thing I'm going to say about the real cost of autism, and this may not be what you expect. I'm not going to be throwing some magic formula at you for saving $50,000 a year. But what I am going to say is get out of your victim mentality. You cannot enact change of any kind in your life when you're stuck in the headspace of, woe is me, why did this happen to me? It's not fair. Why is my neighbor who gives her kid McDonald's three times a day and sticks them in front of the TV, why does she have a neurotypical child and I don't? This type of thinking, and I've been there, so I understand, is not helpful. What do you hope to gain by continuing to say these things to yourself? Instead, I invite you to consider something a bit more spiritual, but also more empowering. And that your child chose you to be his or her parent because they knew you'd be the best possible person to help them, to teach them the lessons that they need to learn in this lifetime. That doesn't mean you fix everything for them always, but it does mean you do your best. I truly believe that my son chose me as his mother. And I trust that I'm doing my best for him every day and giving him as much opportunity as I can. Some days I can't, and that's okay. But I trust I'm doing my best. Find that true north within yourself. Get quiet and really connect to that intuition within you. You don't need to go investing in everything under the sun to help your child. That's often not realistic. But get quiet when you're evaluating something and ask yourself, would this help him or her? Would this help me? What is the most important step I can take today to help my child and help myself? That's the one to invest in. Is there a step in this mix that is the linchpin that helps everyone else and everything else? I asked a client the other day this very question. You know what her response was? Diet. Cleaning up my son's diet is the linchpin that makes everything else better. And I agreed. It will make his behavior better. It will make his sleep better, his performance in school better. He'll feel more at ease in his own body. He'll feel more relaxed because he's not on a subtle level agitated by things in his system that don't feel good. So that's something that she's already doing anyway. She's already feeding the family food anyway. All she has to do is tweak it a little bit get a little support along the way. She doesn't have to go and reinvent the whole wheel, move house or sell her car. It's nothing that big. It's just small little tweaks. And I'm willing to bet there are some small little tweaks in your life that will do this for you too. When it feels hard and you do feel like a victim and you have those moments, know that you are not alone. And my job is not to crawl into the pit with you and sit and cry. My job is to see you sitting and crying in your proverbial pit. Crawl in there. Hold your hand. Smile. Remind you to take a deep breath. And after a moment of feeling those feelings, guide you out of the pit. If you want to stay in the pit, I am not your lady. 
But if you want to, with love and support and guidance, climb your way out of the pit, send me an email, sarah at sarahintonato.com. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. If today's show resonated with you, please leave a review through your favorite podcast provider as it's an important step in allowing new listeners to find us when they need to hear this message in their own lives.